When I was in the process of world building, I wanted to come up with some interesting ways the Great Rift, my imaginary world, was different than Earth. To get to something unusual, I started with something usual, rain. Then I threw in that great question every writer should ask. What if? What if instead of wet droplets, red pellets fell from the sky? And what if? Well, I'll keep that question to myself. If I explain too much, you won't experience the surprise of red rain the way Javen does in this chapter. So without further ado, let's get to day 10 of the 21 Days of Storytelling with chapter 7 of The Dragon Collector entitled Ravier and Red Rain. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, DK Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes insider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother he just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 7. Ravier and Red Rain Ravier! The intensity of Esmeralda's shriek surprised Javen. She knew this man? Put your sword down this instant. Esmeralda? Ravier lowered his sword a few inches so that it was hovering just above Javen's right eye. He was a bear of a man with slicked-backed, shoulder-length brown hair, intimidating green eyes, and a wild beard that covered half his face. Yes! She shook off her captor and lunged for Ravier's arm, forcing his sword to the ground. Are you trying to poke your grandson's eye out? You found him? Ravier looked Javen up and down. He's scrawny. The first dragon he meets will snap him like a twig. Hey! Javen yelled in his own defense. I've already met two dragons, and neither one of them did any snapping of this lean and trim body. He's tough, Esmeralda said. Now let him go. Ravier nodded to the man holding Javen. The man released Javen and stepped back. While Javen coughed to recover from the stranglehold, Esmeralda introduced the men. Javen, this is your grandfather, Ravier. Ravier? Javen. Ravier grunted at Javen. Javen glared at Ravier. Some grandfather. First he threatened Javen's life. Then he insulted him. Now he couldn't even say a proper hello. Great. We all know each other, Esmeralda said. Ravier, please be a good host and take us home. Fine, he said and started walking toward the farm. This wasn't exactly the warm and fuzzy greeting Javen had hoped for, but it would have to do. He was tired and wanted sleep. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Javen covered his head with his pillow, annoyed by the unusual sound of his alarm. He normally made an obnoxious beeping noise, not an irritating tapping one. Why was his alarm going off anyway? It was Saturday, his day to sleep in. After the dream he'd had last night that left him feeling physically exhausted, he needed a little extra sleep. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Enough! Javen sat up and threw his pillow at the nightstand to silence the alarm. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Ah! 
He rolled over to smack the alarm, but the only thing he found to smack was thin air. His nightstand wasn't where it was supposed to be. As he looked around, he realized he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Instead of lying in his bed in his carpeted room and poster-covered walls, he was lying on a cot in a tiny room with a wood floor, bare yet textured stone walls, and a ceiling also made with planks of wood. Either he was still dreaming, or that entire experience last night was real. He hoped he was still dreaming. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Javen slapped the bed and stood. What is that noise? He looked under the bed. Nothing. The room had no closet, so it couldn't be coming from there. The window. Something had to be tapping on the window. Javen walked across the empty room, opened the wooden shutters, and looked outside to get his first glimpse of Xandador in the daylight. He stood a good three stories up and could see miles of rolling hills with gorgeous green grass interspersed with extravagant patches of flowers and spots of blue where lakes and creeks broke up the land. Beyond the hills stood a vast mountain range that he had a sudden itching to explore. Only he had no storm to ride. Javen dropped his head and closed his eyes. He sure did miss his favorite friend. Tap, tap, tap. Javen jerked his head up and found himself in a staring contest with what looked like an overgrown dragonfly three times the size of an eagle. It had six skinny little legs underneath its sleek, beautiful black body, and it hovered in the air by way of its luminous blue wings. All eight of them, four on each side with one shorter pair stacked atop a longer, thicker pair. Its face, however, was not as pleasant to behold. The creature's face was disturbingly ugly, with bulging brown eyes the size of basketballs, a tiny white nose the size of a baseball, and a mouthful of toothpick-sized teeth. Two long antennae that curved over its eyes were tapping the glass of the window. Now I know I'm dreaming. Javen closed the shutters and jumped back in bed. Wake up, wake up, wake up, he muttered over and over as he squeezed his eyes shut and curled into a ball. After a few minutes, he peeked out of his left eye to see the same barren room he had just tried to escape from. Great, I'm stuck in Xandador. A soft knock on the door confirmed his new reality. Javen, Esmeralda said, if you're awake, I'd like to take you to lunch. Javen checked his watch, then wondered if time worked the same way in this dimension. His body didn't care. According to his time zone, it was nearly noon, and his stomach was rumbling. Yeah, I'm awake. I'll be out in a minute. He was going to lunch with his mom. That was something worth getting up for. Javen dressed himself in a fresh t-shirt and shorts, popped in a clean pair of non-prescription lenses to cover his freaky eyes, and met Esmeralda downstairs. He couldn't see anything when he walked through the dark place last night, but now that the sun was streaming through the windows, he liked what he saw. All the walls in the spacious first-floor room were made of varying shapes, sizes, and colors of stone, ranging from bold colors such as jade, indigo, and amber, to the more subtle white, gray, and black. The wood floors and ceilings added to the rustic look. The winding staircase in the back left corner of the room wound over top of the bathroom and stood opposite the fireplace that dominated the right front corner. Cabinets lined the walls of the back right corner. The only furniture in the room was a long table with benches for seats in the front left corner opposite the cabinets. Esmeralda was sitting at one of the benches, drumming her fingers on the table. I'm ready, he said. Great! She hopped up, looking more unnerved than a dog who just discovered a bee's nest. Let's, um, go to town. Your grandmother will want to meet you. She runs the restaurant. Javen didn't question the fidgety Esmeralda as they walked the mile into town on the dusty pathway. He did notice her seeming inability to speak, as well as the constant darting of her eyes in every direction. What had her so on edge? Once they made it to the village streets, Esmeralda picked up her pace. 
He nearly had to sprint to keep up, not giving him any time to drink in the sights and sounds of the village or observe the people watching them from their yards and windows. They went straight to the first building in the middle of the village with a sign over the door that read, Eat here. Esmeralda stopped at the door and froze. Aren't we going in? Javen asked. We should. We will. She looked at Javen, terror in her eyes. Will you go in first? Okay, but only if you tell me what has you so freaked out. She took a deep breath and slowly exhaled. Your father's mother is in there. She blames me for your father's banishment to the land of no return. Javen flinched at the first mention of his father. He'd hesitated to think or ask about him because he feared he would learn the man was dead. Banished? So he's still alive? That's my hope. Well, was it your fault? In a way. We got married illegally. How do you marry someone illegally? According to King Omri, marriages are not permitted until age 200, and then you're only permitted to marry the person his marriage council assigns you. Ugh, that's a rotten deal. That's what your father D'Artes and I thought. When we met and fell in love, we got married. He was 158, I was 129. A few years later, I became pregnant with you. However, you're only allowed to have children if the Reproduction Council awards you a child permit. When King Omri found out about our marriage and my pregnancy, he enslaved me and banished your father. As with all illegal children, he would have claimed you as his own property and raised you to serve as a lifetime soldier in his army. So we faked your death the night you were born. That's why Kenton and Ravier took you away and hid you safely on Earth. Javen wasn't sure how to process this news. He thought he had been an unwanted child. Now he learns his mother gave him up to protect him from a lifetime of enslavement in some rotten king's army? As his way of saying thanks, he decided to defend his mother. Sounds like grandma needs to blame the stupid king, not you. Esmeralda chuckled. I agree. Wait a minute. Javen scratched his head. If you were living in this place, hidden with an invisibility shield, how did the king find out about you and my dad? We weren't in Gree at the time your great-grandfather Vince discovered our secret. He works for King Omri and turned us in. What a- Ouch! A sudden sting on his right shoulder made Javen flinch. Then the sting moved to his left shoulder. More stings pelted his arms and legs and back and face. He turned in circles, swatting at the air in an attempt to prevent any more attacks. But all he could see was a swirl of red. How much blood was he losing? Red Rain! Get inside! Now! Esmeralda grabbed his arm and pulled him into the restaurant. The solid wood door closed behind them, and Javen turned to look outside the nearby window. Torrents of horizontal red streaks filled the air, obscuring the surrounding buildings and mesmerizing Javen. What is going on? he asked. It's a red rainstorm, Esmeralda said in an odd-sounding deadpan tone. It sweeps across the land from time to time and stings something fierce when it hits your skin. No kidding. Are there any other weird weather storms I should know about? Not really time to discuss the weather. Javen turned around. Every customer in the packed restaurant was staring at him and Esmeralda. But Esmeralda was staring at the tall, thick-set woman with long, flaming red hair, wearing an apron over her drab brown dress, pointing a crossbow contraption at them. Hello, Hannah. Goodbye, Esmeralda. The red-haired woman pulled the trigger. A streak of what appeared to be lightning zapped Esmeralda. She yelled and fell to the ground, jerking as though she had just stuck her finger in a light socket. Mom! Javen dropped to his knees beside Esmeralda, not sure how to help her. He looked up at Hannah. What did you do? Are you with her? Yes. The woman pulled the trigger again. Thousands of volts of electricity pulsed through Javen's body. Before collapsing beside Esmeralda and writhing in pain, he couldn't help but notice the satisfied grin on the red-haired woman's face. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, 
click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days, so be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. When I was in the process of world building, I wanted to come up with some interesting ways the Great Rift, my imaginary world, was different than Earth. To get to something unusual, I started with something usual, rain. Then I threw in that great question every writer should ask. What if? What if instead of wet droplets, red pellets fell from the sky? And what if? Well, I'll keep that question to myself. If I explain too much, you won't experience the surprise of Red Rain the way Javen does in this chapter. So without further ado, let's get to Day 10 of the 21 Days of Storytelling with Chapter 7 of The Dragon Collector entitled Ravier and Red Rain. <laughs> 